Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Today is episode 15 of Let's Talk Loyalty, and I'm delighted to be sitting face-to-face uh, with a guest for only the second time in my recording career. So Salim Tenfus is um, an associate director with KPMG uh, for the Lower Gulf region. So delighted to be um, in Dubai chatting about actually a fantastic report which KPMG have just released, which is entitled The Truth About Customer Loyalty. Now, when Salim and I started chatting, um, it's really apparent that KPMG have a phenomenal amount of focus on customer experience and how that drives customer loyalty. And in fact, the company has been doing a massive amount of work over, in fact, nearly 12 years in terms of various different reports, which give us as consultants and I suppose as retail brands insights into actually what customers are saying around the world. So before I get into anything about the report, I just first of all want to welcome Salim Tanfus to Let's Talk Loyalty. Good morning, Paula. Good Great. morning, everyone. Great. So um, great to be sitting down face to face, as I said. Um, I think uh, first and foremost, I'd love to get some background on your career. Um, I've mentioned customer experience. I also know you have a very strong background in technology, which I think is very unusual to come from the tech side into the commercial side um, and the strategy. So it's a very useful background, I guess, in terms of the client work that you do. So tell us about your career and how you got to where you are. Thank you, Paula. So, um, indeed, I started as a um, telecommunication engineer, uh, okay. and I worked with a system integrator for uh, the first six years of my career um, as a solution architect. Mm-hmm. So, that gave me a very good understanding of how technology works, how you can build uh, networks for companies, how you can drive value through technology, basically. Mm. And uh, with that background, I jumped into consulting mm-hmm. um, uh, with a boutique consulting firm and worked for uh, four years in the telco space, mm-hmm. uh, mainly on the marketing um, and customer side. So mm-hmm. basically, I helped a few uh, telecom uh, providers in the region, mm. uh, especially in so MIA region uh, in redesigning their product portfolio, uh, which is the core business of of a telco. Mm. Um, And then um, through that, we, with the company, we started really working on some loyalty topics Mm -hmm. uh, where we designed uh, three loyalty programs Mm -hmm. uh, in in, in the region for um, two telecom operators, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this is how it started. Uh, I got passionate about loyalty. (laughs) Great. uh, About consumer, customer experience, and and really started going from project to project around okay. around that. So um, designing loyalty and implementing them, launching yeah. them. Um, customer experience design, customer experience transformation for uh, public sector and private companies. Mm-hmm. And also um, complaint management. So the whole life cycle basically of, um, okay. of, of consumer. Okay. And um, so since five years I'm in uh, Dubai mm-hmm. uh, and three years with KPMG. Mm-hmm. Um, and working on the customer uh, topic, basically. So I'm part of the uh, customer practice Mm -hmm. locally, Mm -hmm. uh, focusing on 
developing service design, customer experience practice with public sector mainly and some uh, entities in the private sector as well. Wonderful. Well, you sound like a very busy man. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited that this report has just come out because I know um, KPMG has surveyed over 18,000 customers for this particular report um, from over 20 countries. And I think I said to you when we were chatting about this, for me, I really want to have global voices of loyalty and insights from all around the world. So the fact that you're looking at EMEA and globally and giving us comparisons across countries is super interesting. And I know we're going to talk about localization, um, but there are some really big trends. But before we get into all the detailed um, areas, I always do like to start, I suppose, with a favorite um, statistic about loyalty. And there's loads in this report, which is obviously available for listeners of the show. And we'll talk through how people access that report. But just before we start then, given that this is hot off the presses, Salim, what is your favorite statistic about customer loyalty? Um, my favorite one is um, the ones that confirm that loyalty actually is not dying. Okay, great. Uh, there, there, there was a lot of uh, debate around uh, do we still need loyalty programs or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And is that really helping companies yeah. drive revenues mm. or, or retain their customers? Mm. And what we saw through the report is that it still drives uh, purchase behavior. We see that more than... Uh, 44% of Generation X, for example, mm. buys uh, products mm -hmm. um, tied to uh, loyalty programs, basically. Right. Yeah. And same for um, the other generations as well, millennials and, and um, baby boomers. Mm. Um, and this is basically tell us that if you have really a good loyalty program mm -hmm. Um, that is relevant to your customer, mm -hmm. that is simple, mm -hmm. that uh, drives value yeah. uh, for money for them. Yeah. Um, and also there are probably the emotional connection with it. Mm -hmm. It does impact your uh, okay. consumers and, and make sure that they're still uh, with you and still yeah. connected to your brand. Absolutely. Um, what we see as well through the report is that there is a big um, shift in terms of how Customers mm -hmm. uh, from generation to another mm -hmm. perceive loyalty mm -hmm. and how they purchase or mm -hmm. they uh, what drives their consumer behavior, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that millennials, which is the new consumer mm -hmm. um, and the new generation of consumer, mm -hmm. is mainly driven by um, social media, mm -hmm. uh, reviews on products, mm -hmm. uh, what their, their friends tell them, mm -hmm. what uh, influencers yeah. uh, say about products. And that yeah. varies from country to country. So mm -hmm. um, overall, 71% of millennials mm -hmm. are likely um, to provide reviews on products if they like them, mm -hmm. which um, tell us how much is important to have yeah. the social media uh, analytics in place, the social media strategy in place. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that yeah. the, the visibility on your brand on social media is is managed. Yeah. Um, and and in, in China, for example, where um, the um, technology and adoption of technology is very high, mm -hmm. um, Chinese are much more influenced mm -hmm. uh, in their purchase behavior by influencers or mm -hmm. local influencers mm -hmm. than than others. So it's very important to know. Also, uh, your local customers, mm -hmm. what drives them. And that's why we also wanted to, to publish this report. Wonderful. And there's so much in this report. Um, I think it's, um, you know, 12 very detailed pages of analytics and graphs. So, again, we'll make sure everybody has access to that. 
Some of the things I liked was um, loyalty program use by country. I was actually surprised by the lowest country that came through in your research. Um, so France came in at very low adoption at about 30%. Um, the UK, for example, came in lovely uh, percentage 45%, US at 42%, and the highest um, Australia at 61%. So huge amounts of variations. And I guess they define loyalty program use as percentage of customers who make purchases that earn rewards and benefits at least several times a week. So anyone who is in, interested in global markets can really get some great understandings from looking at this report um, that you've produced. Um, so lots of different areas to talk about. Um, I think the favorite uh, statistic that I pulled out was that only 37% so the points and rewards will secure their loyalty. So I love this point. Um, it absolutely can drive behavior. Um, we know it'll never compensate for any other gaps in the customer experience. So that's super important. Um, and also something um, even more important, actually, is corporate transparency. So we are surprised by that, Salim, to see how much brand reputation and corporate honesty came through as driving customer loyalty. Um, actually, that's a very good point you mentioned, uh, Paula. Um, uh, yeah. It, um, we published a report um, two years ago uh, about customer experience excellence. Okay. And um, this report is, um, it's a global report. Um, we interviewed more than 55,000 customers in wow. 2017 across 14 countries. Mm -hmm. um, and across the globe, there was one uh, big theme is was that um, integrity basically drives um advocacy so mm -hmm. basically corporate honesty yeah so we define um, customer experience excellence through um, a proprietary framework okay. that we have mm -hmm. uh, uh, we call it the six pillars of customer experience mm -hmm. and um, we saw that um, if you um, work on these pillars mm -hmm. and make sure that you deliver consistently across these pillars, mm -hmm. you're most likely to, to drive advocacy and, and loyalty. And these pillars are um, very briefly um, integrity, so how trustworthy and transpa transparent your, your company is, mm -hmm. um, your ability to manage expectations okay. uh, and exceed them. Nice. Um, time and effort, so how effortless is the experience yeah. uh, you have yeah. uh, for any transaction uh, that consumer can have with your with your brand. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth one is resolution. So your ability, basically, uh, as an organization, to turn a bad experience uh, into a great one. Okay. And and um, yeah, that creates that memorable moment. Okay. That customers can uh, also uh, mm. remember and and uh, rely mm. um, relate um, to. Um, the last two are the most important ones, which mm -hmm. are personalization and uh, empathy. So. Basically, personalization is your ability to listen mm -hmm. and to know your customer and to customize as much as possible the experience. Yeah. And the empathy is how empathic are your employees towards your customers to so being able to put themselves in their shoes, yeah. um, put themselves into the context yeah. and, and be able to, you know, um, absorb yeah. either that anger mm -hmm. or uh, yeah. have the conversation to personalize the the experience. Lovely. So, um, as I said, integrity, one of the most important pillars, Amazing. came across yeah. uh, globally as the main theme. And what it tells us is that um, today, trust is a currency mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. that we need to uh, yeah. really to leverage sure. and, and invest on. Mm. So, corporate transparency, 
is is a very important element to uh, to drive loyalty, mm-hmm. uh, especially with mm-hmm. all the data issues that uh, we've seen lately uh, across the globe. Yeah, uh, consumers are more aware yeah. about that, and yeah. they try really to yeah. um, make sure that their data is used uh, correctly and not yeah. uh, abused, basically. Yeah. And certainly for me, the whole GDPR, you know, I mean, it's been such a big topic for so many years. And we've all been so focused on making sure that we're, you know, delivering best practice, you know, from a corporate perspective. And I think now it's coming through in terms of what's the customer's response to that? You know, how do they perceive how well have we done? And are we just ticking the box from a legal perspective or are we going above and beyond that to earn their trust? So I think it's a lovely point and uh, it's only coming through now, I think, in terms of exactly how is trust going to be evaluated? Um, And I want to come back to personalization. Actually, there's so much in in what you've just said. There is a paradox around personalization, you know, Um, and that comes through in the report. We all want personalization. I think there's a funny comment in there that sometimes that's considered, you know, emailing directly, dear Salim. (laughs) Clearly, that's not personalization. Sometimes we think, you know, segmentation is, is, uh, is achieving personalization, but also that's not. So I think it seems very few that genuinely have an understanding of what matters to me. So is that your experience in terms of how brands are dealing with personalization? How how well are they doing it in your view? So it's still um, a long shot, I believe. <laughs> yeah. In in, in my yeah. experience, um, working in the Middle East um, especially, mm. um, we don't see really um, companies yet equipped um, yeah. for that. I can give a very uh, simple example um, that happened to myself. Mm. Um, uh, every three months I get a call from one of the local uh, telcos asking me okay. um, if I want to purchase uh, a product to reduce my bill. Wow. Okay. And, and basically I said yes, mm-hmm. I would love to. And he's, the call center agents start asking me, okay, uh, do you call more international or local? Okay. So wow. beside, despite having all the data yeah. that can tell them what kind of things I, I want yeah. or I need, yeah. they, the mechanisms are not yet there. Okay. So uh, more mature markets are definitely having okay. a lot of them, yeah. um, but they're running into a different issue where that data privacy becomes yeah. uh, more a concern. So yeah. uh, they're sitting on a lot of data, but a lot of also regulatory constraints mm-hmm. are there um, to let them really use it. Yeah. Um, correctly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what we see here is that there is a lot on CRM mm-hmm. to be done. There mm-hmm. is a lot on um, personalization still to be done. Mm. The ability to listen mm-hmm. and um, yeah. configure and customize. Yeah. So you don't really need each time to go and ask the customer. If sometimes you just make sure that mm-hmm. it's presented and prepared yeah. as the customer wanted, mm-hmm. um, and the biggest examples for me are the hospitality sector. So if you spend a lot of time mm-hmm. in a hotel, mm-hmm. the, the, if the personnel is trained mm-hmm. really to, um, to be customer-centric and customer-focused, mm-hmm. they will start noticing the details mm-hmm. and they will start preparing your room yeah. or your amenities uh, uh, or uh, yeah. greeting you everywhere mm-hmm. uh, by your name. So this is where recognition yes. uh, comes into, uh, into the picture. And Great, that's, yeah. I think how we translate really customization, really mm. to the individual point. Absolutely. We're still doing micro-segmentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still not at the one-to-one marketing yet. Okay. 
yeah. in my opinion. I think you're absolutely right, Salim. And I think we all talk about it and have talked about it for a long time, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think on the data uh, piece as well, it was um, a big um, alarm bell, I guess, for me to to learn that in the United States, I think it said 10% um, of United States customers are less willing to share their home address. Yeah. So that's a really big drop, you know. So, um, you know, the US is less regulated, as, a, as we know, than, than Europe, for example. Um, so every market is completely different. But definitely, I think the impact is coming through in terms of people losing trust in, in so many brands. So, um, so yes, um, they may provide their data and we want it for personalization. But um, actually, we need to uh, we need to do a lot of groundwork still, I think, is what we're learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the, the point about simplicity, also you mentioned as well in passing, um, I think really what came through, and again, what I love about this report is it um, it has all demographics in there, so very much focused on millennials as the upcoming generation, but um, apparently they do find loyalty programs difficult to join. So that's something that I think we're hearing coming through, like, why do we make life so complicated? Indeed, um, it, it's something that I came across in in my career quite quite often, um, where it's not very easy to um, to join loyalty program. Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to step back a little bit uh, uh, and talk about another report uh, we launched. Uh, also, in, uh, the second edition was launched in two thousand eighteen. Okay, it's called the, the the Me, My Life, My Wallet, and basically talks about the multidimensional customers and. Okay. Uh, we wanted through this study to understand the new generation of consumers mm. um, and how are their consumer behavior mm -hmm. driven, what are the drivers for their mm -hmm. um, purchase behavior, mm. and what really matters to them. Mm. So, um, And the idea was to understand if companies are really ready for mm. this new generation of consumers, so millennials and, and, and Gen Z, because the purchase power in the future years will be will yeah. be with them. Yeah. Um, and what we saw is that the companies are still designing their value proposition, their business model yeah. for uh, the old generation. So silent generation, baby boomers yeah. and, and generation X, right? Mm. Um, they're not harvesting the data. They're not in, in investing in digital as um they might as much as they need mm -hmm. and 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 basically this is applicable as well to to loyalty programs mm -hmm. so um as you said a lot of loyalty are still point based mm -hmm. uh, you don't know how much you are consuming mm -hmm. uh, how much does it really worth mm -hmm. um to join mm -hmm. uh, you need still sometimes to fill papers mm -hmm. uh, you need to carry a card um yeah. even though that a lot of programs are shifting to that mm -hmm. so um to redeem your points is is sometimes very complicated mm -hmm. i can think about the um, airline industry where it's it's quite a hassle sometimes to yeah. uh, to get your, your redemption so Today, the most important thing is that less is more. Mm -hmm. So yes. less complicated mm -hmm. drives um, a better behavior, yes. more loyalty, mm -hmm. uh, and um, also more trust. Mm -hmm. So people would really connect more to your brand if it's it's very simple. Mm -hmm. um, in the past few years, I used to fill a big form to join a loyalty program. I yeah. think today is something that is much, mm -hmm. much simpler mm -hmm. um, for the big trending uh, program, would say. Okay. So um, in a nutshell, it has to be very neat and simple for customers mm -hmm. really to understand the value proposition, mm -hmm. to see how relevant it is for them, mm -hmm. and 
to give them enough options mm. to earn and spend their money mm-hmm. uh, when they they accumulate points. Mm. Um, and also, it has to be consistent across across the the channels. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, one of the uh, statistics I would mention as well is that. Um, 69% of the millennials agree that most of the schemes are too hard to join and or earn rewards. Reward. So basically, we're still designing loyalty programs for um, a different generation and we really don't still don't understand the customers um, very well, especially this new generation that is coming. Okay. So okay. it's um, going digital, mm. um, investing on uh, different and innovative schemes. Um, what we know for millennials, for example, is that they... Um, really are loyal to uh, brands that have a purpose. So one of the statistics that came through the report is that uh, millennials are more willing to exchange Mm. their points for um, Mm. a charity, for example, or donate them. Yeah. uh, Which it's it's a very important... um, And quite surprising because we tend to give them a bad rap. Everyone says they're, you know, a bit entitled and whatever. There's a lot of negativity around that demographic. But actually, your your research is saying no. They want to be able to do things that that mean more, yeah. um, a bit more of a higher purpose. So I think that's a really really good learning. I also think actually, and and you mentioned a couple of things. Um, so digital um, has, I suppose, in the past been considered, you know, a threat and something particularly retailers are worried about. Uh, but again, it, what consumers are telling KPMG is that digital is the opportunity. So if you um, make it simple, use all the digital channels they want to use, then absolutely, it's it's a big opportunity. So um, hopefully, we've moved beyond the point where it's uh, we're all scared of, you know, the big the big online retailers. <laughs> yeah, and then we're coming to a generation as well that is um, the Gen Z, for example, they are digitally native. So yeah. uh, they want convenience uh, yeah. and they want simplicity. So they are most likely to to join your loyalty program yeah. if it's really convenient to uh, to uh, to use and and um, yeah. to join. Yeah. Um, so digital, with, it's transforming and using and going through digital transformation is not an option today. As okay. we've seen yeah. across the business, we have multiple reports that consume uh, confirms it, mm-hmm. and um, it has to be applicable. Uh, mm-hmm. on all the products that uh, a brand or a company is is uh, providing to its consumers. Yeah. Another one that you mentioned, Salim, which I really love, and I don't think I've seen a lot of companies focusing on, is this whole point about, particularly again, millennials will do a lot of research online. So the ability for a company to listen is absolutely critical. And I think it's a big opportunity for a lot of brands really to maybe incentivize, you know, that kind of um, behavior. So if somebody is going online to find out about my brand, um, you know, what focus have I put on that? So I think a lot of brands, again, well-intentioned, working hard, or, you know, they have a social media strategy, but maybe not a listening strategy and maybe not a a behavior change strategy. So what's your experience in terms of um, recognizing, measuring and rewarding um, let's say online reviews, for example. Um, it is in, in mature markets. We've seen that it's it's happening. A lot of okay. brands are innovating in terms of 
their social media strategy and making sure that in the social media sp- space mm-hmm. they are present mm-hmm. and they try to be in control okay. uh, as much as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a bit uh, of a contradiction, I guess, but we, we all know uh, we try. <laughs> it's, the social media is, um, yeah. is a wild space where really the yeah. consumer is, in, is control. in control. We are in the age of customer today, so mm. um, they're more empowered. Uh, they... They they share reviews. They listen to reviews. Mm-hmm. They recommend uh, to each others, and um, there is this influential and uh, influencers basically um, trend there with that influence as well um, mm. customers. Mm. Um, so some of the brands have done this. Um, they put some schemes in place where mm. uh, they reward um, advocates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reward people as well that they share or write good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's we don't see it as much as yeah. we should yes. um, across the globe mm-hmm. and especially in the um, EMEA region as well. For sure. Um, it is... Th- th- knowing the customer and, and, and listening them across all the channels mm. and... Um, sending that back to the organization so mm-hmm. everyone uh, improves yeah. the internal processes yeah. and and then um, closes closes the loop with the with the customer yeah. is not something that is systematically happening yeah. at the moment yeah. um, leading brands are doing it mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Um, however um, others are still still lagging behind still I would catching say. up okay. so uh, in my opinion if you are not on social media today, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have a proper um, yeah. strategy yeah. to talk to your customers, to listen, to resolve their problems, mm-hmm. um, to yeah. uh, reward the loyalty, to identify your advocates mm-hmm. uh, through yeah. um, a dedicated advocacy program mm-hmm. and, and really take yeah. care of them and pamper them, yeah. it's something that uh, will differentiate basically the, the the leaders from from the laggards, I would say. Love it. Yeah. So a key action, I think, for me, just in terms of recommendation is, you know, really make sure you are nurturing those advocates because, again, everything else you've said, I think everybody is doing the, the basics, but I think that's the piece that I see missing um, in, in a lot of social media strategies. Again, maybe in this region, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a big opportunity for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, it's- Especially with the upcoming generation, I think yeah. this um, there is no doubt yeah. that uh, they will expect it, yeah. and uh, you have to be companies yeah. have to be ready for that, and that's why mm. in the Five Miles report we're saying that um, organizations are still mm-hmm. uh, designing their business model and their go-to-market strategy or their channel strategy to really uh, baby boomers and and Generation X, mm. which are not the f- consumer of the future, basically. Absolutely. And just you, you mentioned that report from last year, Salim. So again, we'll make sure that the, both the 2018 report and the 2019 report are available. And the um, the report last year was called Me, My Life and My Wallet. So I think that's going to be super interesting because, again, it's only 12 months old. And then, as we said, the truth about customer loyalty 2019. And even before that, I think you said there was 10 years of customer experience research feeding into and, and advising all of those. Um, originally, I think you said in mature markets, the US and UK, yeah. but now it's much more global. 
Correct. So the customer experience report or customer experience excellence report, sorry, mm-hmm. um, was um, a yearly edition driven by KPMG Nanwood mm-hmm. in the UK. Okay. Uh, and um, it was mainly focusing on the UK and the US. And mm-hmm. since 2017, we expanded that globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first edition was um, 2017 with 14 countries, 55,000 customers. Amazing. Um, interviewed. Uh, and basically identifying what the leading brands in customer experience are doing across, okay. mainly across the six pillars okay. uh, framework. Mm-hmm. And it gives a lot of insights on um, what Amazon is doing, for example, or what mm. um, hospitality, uh, leading hospitality brands are doing. Mm. Um, and and it's, a, it's a very good report that... Uh, tells organization mm. where they stand mm-hmm. and what they should improve on mm. to be able to uh, bridge yeah. the gap, basically, with, with the leading brands. Yeah. Um, in the 2017 edition, we touched a lot also on employee experience mm-hmm. um, and how it's that really the main bridge between your mm. um, experience, so front office experience, let's say, mm. and... Um, back office experience. Mm-hmm. So if you don't focus on on having a good experience in your um, mm-hmm. organization for your employees, yeah. it's most likely to uh, impact your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely going to ex- impact your, um, your uh, the customer loyalty as well. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm glad you mentioned Amazon. And there's a great statistic. I hadn't uh, caught up with the, um, the Amazon Prime uh, membership program revenues. So for anyone who hasn't seen the figures, net sales of nearly $14.2 billion in 2018. So I know some people dispute whether Amazon Prime is a loyalty program. It is clearly a subscription membership program. But $14 billion doesn't matter what you call it. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, loyalty doesn't need to be really a free membership-based program. Sure. You have a lot of um, uh, programs across the world that are mm. paid mm. and um, driving a lot of loyalty. So if you make, make them exclusive yeah. for your top um, revenue generator customers, mm. your so whatever you're putting in as as uh, mm-hmm. benefits in that program, so it's yeah. sometimes it's also uh, worthy to uh, to pay for it. Absolutely. Um, can I name some? Please, absolutely, yeah. I'd love to. So uh, the the one I remember um, came across my uh, research a few years ago was the Parnas program from Orange in France. Okay. And that was paid uh, program for the top 1% of uh, of Orange customers. Mm-hmm. And it was a concierge-based program. Lovely. Uh, so if, if organizations invest in these kind of programs and they mm-hmm. use third parties to run these programs, mm-hmm. um, and they are very exclusive, mm-hmm. so they make sure that um, not everybody can join. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, to maintain these benefits, so mm-hmm. it's sometimes normal to uh, to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Um and and that program had had a lot of traction at that time. So mm. you had a lot of CEOs uh, of top uh, companies part of it. Mm. Um, so Amazon Prime to me is is definitely a loyalty program, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's membership based. But it it gives yeah. advantages mm-hmm. uh, to many to to a lot of customers that uh, joins it. It makes it uh, um, relevant. There is a lot of value coming from it, and mm. must. The most important point for me mm. uh, is that Amazon delivers on its um, promises. Yes. yes. So whatever you are promised in that program, they deliver on that. So yeah. they manage and exceed 
probably expectations of customers. Mm. And that's why it's driving a lot of um, revenues mm. and, and people are attached to it. Yeah. And you talked as well at the start, Salim, uh, before we came on air about how Amazon is localizing itself. And again, we know that they're, if, if anyone's doing one to one, we all know that Amazon for years has said, here's one book you like, here's, you know, maybe another one you should consider. So so they're probably delivering better than anyone on the one to one piece, but also, I suppose, on the local market requirements. Um, so just that whole point about accepting, for example, cash on delivery, I think is a testament to Amazon not being arrogant about their scale and the um, opportunity to just be Amazon, but recognizing that in this part of the world, you need to be able to del- to accept yeah. cash on delivery. It's um, something that we've seen through the global customer research we've done, and uh, we, we, we call it going uh, global. So uh, nice. yeah. uh, global brands mm. definitely uh, need to better understand the local um, nuances, let's yes, say, yes. and and adapt to them. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end, each consumer uh, market is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are cultural um, aspects that needs to be taken into consideration, and that's why yes. we think uh, organizations today need to be ready for the multi-dimensional customer. Yes. Uh, it's not anymore just few segments. Uh, yeah. uh, just understanding <laughs> a little bit of needs, behavior, and, and and value. No, it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, and that's why in the five mice we talk about. Um, so the motivation, my motivation, yes. basically, uh, and Brilliant. what drives really my mm-hmm. uh, my consumer mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about uh, my attention, so the, your ability to really grasp my attention yeah. and this overload of, of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is my watch. So yeah. uh, we have less and less time yeah. to look at the information, to really read uh, or, or uh, understand the details of the product. So how... Yeah. Are you able to know at what time you need to contact me or uh, through which channel? Mm-hmm. Um, the the other one is uh, my wallet. So mm-hmm. what is driving my uh, my spend? Mm-hmm. And the last one, my connection, basically. Ah. What am I using uh, to yeah. connect and get the, the data, basically? So yes. am I using my phone or a watch or, or um, am gotcha. I mainly on, on yeah. consumer? One interesting statistic or... Uh, facts that came to the report is that Chinese customers mm-hmm. are most likely to uh, lose their wallet instead of their phone wow. compared to, uh, <laughs> okay. to other uh, yeah. consumers across the globe yeah. because everything is done through WeChat. Of course. And uh, yeah. be- never going to lose your phone. <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they can't uh, afford to lose their phone. So uh, it was yeah. a very interesting fact that came through the report. Absolutely. And one of my favorite things, actually, because we share a bit of a background in, in telcos, and I remember uh, really finally understanding where the brand name O2 came from. And I don't know if you studied O2 yourself, but just for listeners in general, um, O2 is obviously the chemical symbol for oxygen and really the insight. And I don't know how long ago they came up with that brand name, but really to have the understanding back maybe, I don't know, 30 years ago, that uh, your phone was essential as oxygen, for me was like, oh my God, that's actually genius because, you know, I hadn't got a mobile phone at that stage. Do you know what I mean? And again, plenty of people listening can't imagine a life without mobile phones, but you're absolutely right. It is that essential. And we've seen that in all markets and China. That's uh, amazing. You might lose your wallet. (laughs) Never your phone. Um, I suppose the last big topic area I wanted to talk about, Salim, is um, I suppose innovation. And there's a statistic here in, again, the truth about customer loyalty, the 2019 report, the new one 
which says 96% say companies should find new ways to reward loyal customers. And I think what came through for me was, you know, points as a currency has a real role to play, but there is a value around innovation. And I think, you know, millennials particularly, they want to be excited. They want to be inspired. And it didn't get into, obviously, solutions, you know, whether it's gamification or instant gratification. But what is your view on finding new ways to reward customers? Um, so, as you said, uh, points have um, very importance. You always need a currency yeah. in loyalty program, yeah. especially, I think, retail ones that um, are mainly driven by transactions. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we definitely need to be more innovative uh, today. When I say innovation, mm -hmm. it's not only about how great is the app you are using or how great is the digital uh, solution you are uh, mm -hmm. adopting for uh, driving your uh, loyalty or um, um, providing your loyalty program, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, innovation comes as well from the value proposition on the loyalty program itself. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned um, that some the, in the UK, a new loyalty program that um, allow you to donate your points to charity. Exactly. So that's that's definitely an innovation. Mm -hmm. And uh, one important thing I would say is, um, and, and see it very important in the future of loyalty, um, your ability really to understand what are your consumer needs today. And for example, the new generation doesn't really want to own a car or own things in general. So we are in the sharing economy. Yes. So how will your loyalty program help driving yeah. that? Yeah. Um, we're seeing it today with Karim and and, uh, and Uber, for example, where yeah. they are allowing to redeem points for yeah. uh, delivery Absolutely. So, uh, or free rides. Mm -hmm. So if you get in a loyalty program that really enables your lifestyle, mm -hmm. and that's the trend we're seeing right now, yeah. um, I think it would be uh, very impactful for, for uh, loyalty programs. So... Mm -hmm. um, we always need to think about the basics. Yeah. And I always uh, like to come back to um, the Don Peppers and Mata Rogers framework about customer experience, which is the IDIC. Okay. So your ability to identify customers, mm -hmm. differentiate them, mm -hmm. interact with them, mm -hmm. and customize the nice. experience at the end. Okay. Um, so that framework will allow you to be uh, innovative mm -hmm. as much as uh, possible. Mm -hmm. um, and really make it relevant, identify the value proposition that you need uh, to design mm. uh, to get your customers really to consume your, your loyalty. Yeah. Um, and, what, and this is what the report says as well. So the evolution today is towards really lifestyle program where yeah. you bring multiple brands together mm -hmm. and not only using points, but... Mm innovating around the products yeah. that they uh, they provide to consumers. Yeah. Um, so locally, we are seeing a lot of um, conglomerates, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. bringing all their brands together. Yes. And... Yeah. Um, Forming coalition type yes. programs, exactly. So it's, yeah. it's really beyond that coalition, I think. It's really mm -hmm. connecting the right brands yeah. together. So making sure mm -hmm. that a customer... Today, um, in, in the UAE, for example, or, or that would be applicable, I think, to, to any market. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the cinema, we need grocery, we need um, yeah. clothing, healthcare, mm -hmm. transportation. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of conglomerates that having 
all these brands yeah. together, yeah. connecting these brands and uh, making sure that yeah. it's a it's a it's a holistic yes. value proposition. Yeah. Um, and the innovation will come through each brand and how much they are able to mm. combine um, the the needs across mm. multiple brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. be able really to to provide that value proposition to uh, to to consumers. Excellent. Yeah, I love that. And there is a very useful, um, I suppose, summary of how loyalty programs are evolving. So again, for listeners to say, okay, there are actually five phases of evolution. And really, I think for any loyalty manager to sit down and go, well, what phase am I at? And what's the next phase for my loyalty program? So again, I think that's very useful from a strategic perspective to go, okay, well, I might have a points-based program or a multi-brand tier-based loyalty program, for example, as two of the phases. So what is the next opportunity for my company. So um, again, super useful to have these kind of very actionable insights with all of the benefits and challenges <laughs> clearly yeah. articulated because nothing's perfect, eh? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The, yeah. the, the funny thing um, is that before the invention of loyalty program, if you think about it, yeah. um, uh, when you went to, used to go to uh, or, or our parents or or um, yeah. grandparents used to go to the local grocery shop, mm. you know, the... Uh, the course. owner will know them yeah. by name, so um, sure. yeah. we'll have their history, yeah. their life products. They'll know that, what yeah. they need, absolutely. So it was more like a one-to-one uh, loyalty, Way right? back when. <laughs> and uh, the innovation that they used to, to, make, yeah. to, to do was how to um, make sure that these products are ready, yeah. uh, they get delivered, yeah. um, easy installments. Super simple. Uh, super simple. Exactly. And we're yeah. getting bad, back um, slowly to that. Yeah. Uh, same values yes at scale <laughs> exactly and what's allowing us uh, allowing us to do that is data yeah. so the more you invest into uh, predictive analytics today yeah. Yeah. you'll be able to customize yeah. that experience and make it in my opinion the future of loyalty will be a seamless loyalty yeah. where yeah. everything is ready for you before, before you ask yeah so but uh, the challenge will be for the brands to yeah. make customers aware about it yeah uh, and that that I think uh, where we're heading to. So these lifestyle program yeah. that are coming together, the yeah. next level will be really to make it completely seamless. Yeah, but I think we should also just again emphasize the point we started with, Salim, where in order to get the data that you need to do the personalization and, and create that seamless experience, you first have to have the integrity and the trust. Yeah. Otherwise, they simply won't give you the data. So I think there's a real uh, watch out there for brands just to make sure that it's not overly focused on, you know, data analytics is the answer and the solution when customers are going the opposite direction and getting more nervous yeah. um, and less willing to share. So really, I think your six pillars approach covers that to say, yeah, I need to earn the trust in order to earn the data. And I think that's um, that's a new way of thinking for a lot of companies. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, to add on top of that, what we've seen as well uh, through this report and what inspires ro- loyalty is really um, consistency in, in uh, delivering yeah. On, on your value pro- proposition. So yeah. um, what matters to consumers, for example, is product quality. So 74% of consumers yeah. uh, said that they would be loyal to a brand if yeah. the product quality is always there. Absolutely. Um, uh, and for, interesting enough, enough um, the least important point was pricing. Yes. Yeah, that was and a really good one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So it, it shows that um, really 
customers are know what they want. They are, yeah. And um, if they find consistently the quality mm -hmm. that they are looking for yeah. uh, with the brand they like yeah. and they have an emotional connection with, they will most likely stay with it. Okay. Uh, and and be loyal to to, to that brand. So um, and it's very interesting today in in, in a very commoditized market mm -hmm. uh, where you know banks are offering the same product, telcos yes. are, are offering the same product. Yeah. Um, so it's around then really what matters is the quality mm -hmm. of of that product that mm -hmm. you're de delivering. Mm -hmm. um, of course, what comes around it is is also important. We see that uh, the second most important is the value for money, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the consistency, as I said, mm -hmm. and a good customer service. So that would these are the five, uh, the top four yeah. um, elements that really drive makes, loyalty. Yeah, drive loyalty, inspires yeah. uh, loyalty for customers. Yeah. And just to finish on the point about innovation, because the, the other word that was used in the report is novelty. And actually, I think innovation can often be associated in my mind with innovating on the core product, whereas novelty within a loyalty program, I think, was what I really picked up was important for, for all of the demographics. Um, and particularly the point about surprise and delight. And again, um, you know, I've had lots of kind of projects where we've we've worked on surprise and delight. And it's probably the hardest piece to deliver because how do you communicate something that by nature is sporadic? So, um, but it still does matter. So I think there's a, a key learning for me from this report around, yes, get the basics right, but then beyond the basics, how can we do the surprise and delight piece in a way that does kind of have that novelty piece yeah. uh, that customers are looking for? So you, you need to always balance the um, hard benefits to the soft benefits sure. in, in every loyalty program. Yeah. And uh, these surprise and delights are, are really important to keep that Mm -hmm. connection yeah. uh, and personal connection with, with the brand mm. and make these mem moments memorable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's your birthday birthday or your um, anniversary yeah. with the brand. Um, so, and simple things that recognizing mm -hmm. the customer. So um, yeah. In, yeah. in the most in unex uh, unexpected moment, yeah. let's say. So one of... I would relate to a personal experience of mine. So I was living in a country for four years, okay. uh, most of the time mm -hmm. uh, as a consultant uh, right. alone. And what happened is that during my birthday, I was at the hotel and after a long day at work, I came back and I found a cake and okay. a nice note from <laughs> the entire uh, okay. uh, management of the hotel. So Lovely. that was a very, very yeah. memorable moment. And I keep um, telling yeah. that story to uh, to everyone. So yeah. <clears throat> that's when surprise and delight really uh, make yeah. um, the moment stick and, sure. and the loyalty as well increases. Yeah. And I don't know if you're as cynical as I am, Celine, but now on my birthday every year, I check all my loyalty programs. <laughs> Who has noticed? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you took my date of birth. I know you did because I checked. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. And I know, again, we, we talked about the last um, research report we talked about with the, with Mike Capizzi, who made the excellent point, don't capture data unless you're, you're, you're going to use it. So um, And you commented on that. So I think that's super useful for brands to, you know, make sure, yes, we're capturing it, but we're also using it. It's um, And that's what we see what I've seen consistently at least on the few loyalty programs I worked on is mm. um, brands they 
or organization, they, they, they do loyalty programs mm-hmm. because someone told them to do or exactly. because they think that it's, it's a correct... It's ticking uh, a box. It's ticking a tick box. Yeah. But on the back end or the back office, they don't have the capabilities to run it yeah. uh, or the right mindset or the in, enough awareness yeah. in the organization yeah. uh, to maintain that. And mm-hmm. that's what uh, really makes customers really disconnect from uh, from these loyalty programs because mm. they're not animated, they're not maintained. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. They're not exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there are not really the right capabilities behind it uh, yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to deliver that. And as of now, it's mm. still um, being seen as a cost center yes. rather than your marketing platform, basically, to, uh, to, to drive revenue yeah. and, and um, yeah. really grow the revenue from your existing base. Mm. Wonderful. So the last, I'm just going to read actually the, the introductory sentence that uh, one of your colleagues who led, I know, on this report, Salim, uh, because I think it wraps it up quite nicely in terms of, you know, why this report is super valuable for anyone who wants to read it. So uh, so Paul Martin is your head of retail for KPMG in the UK. And I love what he says. The key drivers of customer behavior have traditionally been value, convenience and experience. But looking ahead, brands and retailers need to also consider choice purpose and privacy if they're to earn customers' loyalty. So um, is there anything else that you wanted to add from your side, Salim, or yeah. does that capture it for you? I mean, that that confirms what we've been saying, right? So um, y- you need to design your loyalty program in a different way. Yeah. Uh, it's not anymore about having just points or uh, yeah. basic segmentations, that uh, the tiers that you traditionally have, yeah. or, um, you know, uh, focus on uh, how much you're going to give back as a as a discount yeah so it's there are much more complicated uh, mm-hmm. matters or set of of um, um, nuances that you need to take into account now okay. when designing so and the platform mm-hmm. let's say that you you uh, will um, base your program on mm-hmm. will will really need to be carefully selected mm-hmm. based on these future requirements mm-hmm. uh, that Paul Martin has uh, rightly uh, mentioned so Wonderful. it's very important then to have the right solution that will um, accompany you mm-hmm. basically the entire Mm-hmm. Uh, journey, mm-hmm. uh, have the right capabilities, mm-hmm. and make sure that when you design the loyalty program, mm-hmm. it's a future-looking one, not okay. really based on yeah. um, previous trends and... and Catching and up almost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. One final question, Salim, just in general, I love to know, you know, are there particular websites that you like to um, follow, any podcasts or blogs or even conferences? Now, I know for a company like KPMG, you probably do so much internally that you don't need to be flying off around the world like the rest of us. But are there any other loyalty resources that you recommend? So I personally uh, look a lot at the Loyalty 360. Nice. Okay. uh, To keep up with uh, the industry trend. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously all the internal research that we do. So um, okay. a lot of the customer experience research and uh, customer research in general we do uh, fuels a lot into loyalty. So that's my okay. um, prime source of, of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, knowledge sharing and knowledge management internally that right. uh, we use. Yeah. So that's that's really my, my main uh, sources of, of insights. Uh, insights. Wonderful. Great stuff. Is there anything else you wanted to cover, Salim, just as we wrap up? Um, no, not really. Thank you so much for inviting me, for having me on the show. Uh, it was a great opportunity. 
Wonderful. Okay, Salim Tanfus, and thank you for talking to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform. Find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show. Music